Imagine a drone army of Mark Zuckerberg clones stomping on a human face forever. At least your grandparents got to the mountain. They beat up the others with axes and sticks. The grandparents got and moved from the ocean for it rose up and swallowed their houses and kids. But that was a long time ago. Now you might have to marry your cousin. There are many left. Everybody, welcome to the Plex. We do this show live every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific and beyond into red light. Usually the podcast people get just the 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific hour, but that is not the case this evening. Tonight, uh, you'll get the uh, 7 to 9 because I didn't have time to really organize things and put together something for the upfront. So we're just going to kind of hit all the stories as they come. Um, so no need to tell you what's on the docket. You can look up the docket if you're watching live by just hitting bang docket in the chat. And we're going to hop right the fuck to it. Um, our first story is about Space Force. They have a song. And we're going to listen to it. <laughs> I guess they have a theme song. We're going to watch the video and listen to the Space Force theme song. Thank you. 
I don't know if that's a joke or the real fucking Space Force thing, uh, but I hope it's a joke because it was kind of whack, but it might be real. I don't know. Is that real? Was that a joke? We'll find out. Anyway, that was uh, one of the things we have on the docket. That was just a fun thing to start out with. Unfortunately, we have something very unfun. Uh, Sean fucked, or foiked, fucked, Sean fucked, from um, Bethel, had an event today in New York City. And uh, here's some here's some clips from it. Not great. Whoa, there's nobody there. Like that's a not a lot of people. Still too many, but there's not that many people there. Come on, sing with me. You only need to know one word. great very very low quality event people be people be crying and shit look Look, people be crying oh she found jesus found jesus found jesus what else do we have here we have a oh look here's some counter protesters That was some of the Sean Fucked event. We're not going to watch the whole thing. I'm not going to go looking for it. We're not going to be watching the Sean Fucked event during red light. None of that is what's going to happen today. I just thought I'd uh, bring that up at the beginning of the show here. And uh, now we got kind of a long video from Tiny Dancer Ben, little Ben Shapiro, complaining that the uh, Canadian Broadcasting Company, I believe it is, is saying that he is a part of a radicalization pipeline. And uh, that's been well known for a long time and uh he he mad also his beard is weird ben shapiro should not be growing a beard apparently i'm a very scary person i'm a very scary person it turns out because a lot of people watch shows like this one people watch this show people listen to this show people watch clips of me saying things on the youtubes and according to the canadian broadcasting corporation which is essentially the npr of canada this is a state-funded enterprise a left-wing state-funded enterprise in canada apparently All of my speech should probably be banned because after all, people might watch my stuff and then there's an off chance that they might then see 
even worse stuff. And then that might lead them down a rabbit hole to the super, super bad stuff. There's an entire article on the CBC website titled, It's a Slippery Slope, How Young Men Fall into Online Radicalization. Well, it, by the way, it, it is fun. It's old news, the radicalization pipeline. They're coming from their side. When the right says, you know, if you go along with civil unions, eventually it'll be gay marriage. And if you go along with gay marriage, eventually it'll be attempting to force people to accept same-sex marriage in religious schools. Then that's a slippery slope we cannot... In religious run. schools? Slippery slope completely materialized. Are people getting married at religious schools? But apparently it is fully okay to make a slippery slope argument when I say something that is not extreme. It's possible to make the argument that somebody might view that and then see something that's a little more extreme, a little more extreme than that, and eventually they end up being a Nazi. This is the case the CBC is about to make. Quote, Reed Brown remembers the first time he got sucked in by the algorithm. He was just 13, watching videos after school when YouTube started pushing him to controversial content. As time went on, the videos became increasingly extreme, says Brown, now 21. It started out pretty benign, he recalls. You're watching something about teen fashion, and then the next thing you know, the algorithm would push you to a Ben Shapiro video. Oh, no. Well, if you're watching if something about teen fashion, why is it giving you a Ben Shapiro video? It give you more teen fashion stuff, right? Uh, is there another way to describe me other than as a political commentator who is conservative? Like, is, is there another... Is there another description that is more apt? What they want to say here, of course, is that I'm alt-right. The problem is that people in the media, including The Economist, have attempted to call me alt-right before, and we have then threatened them with legal action because the alt-right hates my gods, and I've ripped the alt-right routinely doing full speeches. Threatening the them with legal action? What are you talking about? Statement. So instead, they say, well, I call myself conservative, but you know what they would call me? They would call me an extremist, which goes to show you that if they call me an extremist, you're definitely an extremist as well. Though Shapiro describes himself as a conservative political commentator, his views are controversial. Some are outright discriminatory. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, what are my discriminatory views? It seems to me that I've always been of the viewpoint that, for example, people should be treated as individuals, not based on their race or their religion. No, you say racist things on your show, Ben. Like ben, your show's full of racist actually. things. But it turns out, it turns out, according to the CBC, that some of my views are outright discriminatory. He suggested, for example, that transgender people suffer from a mental disorder. Oh, you mean me and the American Psychiatric Association? No, the American the Psychiatric Association does not have that view, Ben. Five, it literally labels gender dysphoria a mental disorder because it used to be called gender identity disorder. You, you, mean, you mean that? So it's now discriminatory to say that people who have gender dysphoria in fact suffer from a mental disorder which they clearly do since it is labeled as such in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual as politicized and left-wing as the DSM is. But apparently, Wait, what? discriminatory guys, we have to pretend. That yeah, being trans doesn't require dysphoria. In fact, dysphoria from comes from... Misalignment. And the problem is with their bodies. Dys- so if we just chop off some body parts, then magically they're a woman because they're brain... Oh, brain no, brain Ben. Now you might have ben, this is... Ben, Ben, that. you're not really making the case that you're not like a part of the extremism pipeline here with this video, Ben. Ben, you're, you're making the Canadian Broadcasting Company's case for them, Ben. Ben, Ben, jeez. You're making it, easy on your, making it easy on your critics, aren't you? Aren't you, Ben? But that's actually not science. But if I say that, it's apparently discriminatory. Says the CBC, Shapiro has combined 9.4 million subscribers and followers on YouTube and Twitter, many of whom are young people. No, not the youths, not the youths, like Brown was when he got pushed in Shapiro's direction. Well, Shapiro is not affiliated with any hate group. Experts, ah, the ever-present experts in media, gender studies, and radicalization of young men say the commentator's content is prevalent in online extremist communities. So they're saying openly, there's no evidence that I'm affiliated with a hate group because- uh, The Daily, why would fucking 
I could probably make a pretty good case that the Daily Wire is a hate group, especially with the way Matt Walsh has been behaving lately. I don't know if I could like make the case right now, like an airtight case that, but if you give me a week or something to write something up, I can make the case that the Daily Wire is a hate group. Because I'm not affiliated with a hate group and they have no evidence of it because it doesn't exist, but they do have experts. They have met, and who are these experts? Who are these massively influential, important, and very expert experts? Who are they? They are experts in media. Wow. How do you even get that hat? How do you, how do you earn the expert in media hat? Well, Ben, a journalism program, a journal. They don't give you a hat at a top university taught by other professors who have failed out of the media because they weren't able to hold a job. And now they are academics. Oh, now they're cutting. Uh oh, now they're fucking shots fired at people in my chat. There's academics in my chat, Ben. Come on. Yeah. But they don't actually have an audience like like we do here on the show. Also, wait a minute. Didn't Ben didn't Ben fail out of like movie making and script writing and fucking like writing books and screenplays and shit? Isn't Ben in a way talking about himself that he tried to like go to Hollywood to be a like a Hollywood, like a writer for for entertainment. And it turned out he wasn't entertaining or funny really in any kind of meaningful way. And now this is just what he's doing instead. Ben, 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 come on. They just sit in an Ivy League, an Ivy League boardroom and discuss their expertise in front of students. Is that an Ivy League boardroom? What the fuck is this guy? Is that what they do? What is he talking there about? Experts, by the way, in didn't he go to an Ivy League school? Well, experts in gender studies. That must mean that they believe a bunch of crap that isn't true. But then they get to churn out little versions of themselves who then become the professors because you can't actually get a real job. If you major in gender studies, you ain't getting a real job doing anything. That, that is not a major that qualifies you for anything except being a professor in gender studies. It's a fully self-perpetuating cycle of uselessness. Also, experts in the radicalization of young men. So hey, people get jobs like people get jobs that are well outside of what they studied in, in a university all the time. What is he talking about? I assume these are people who study. How many people like, have a political science degree in the Bay Area and are software engineers or like fucking network administrators and shit, dude? Get the fuck out of here. You know, Islamic terror, for example. But no, actually, it just turns out that radicalization of young men just means that people, they don't like what I say. The exposure to controversial and increasingly harmful views. Harmful. This is the key word for the left. Harmful. As we will see, this is how you criminalize speech. The way that you criminalize speech is you say speech is harmful because if my feelings are hurt, you have harmed me. You have aggressed against me. And thus, you must be shut down. I mean, it's the equivalent of me like hitting with a baseball bat or something. The exposure to controversial oh, I wish you'd try, ben. harmful views about masculinity, the objectification of women, and the LGBT community has these same experts raising concern about how extremist far-right groups are using TikTok, YouTube, and other social media apps in a drip campaign to slowly radicalize. He, he has a leftist tears coffee mug. Everybody, I know uh, this is going out on the podcast feed, too. This guy has a leftist tears like Tumblr on his on his desk and young men. Ooh. OK, so uh, I just have a couple of questions about that particular paragraph. They say the exposure to controversial views about mask. What are my controversial views about masculinity? What are they? That men exist. I'm, that, I, I don't think that's particularly that, that men should. Finish high school, get a job, get married and take care of their kids without abandoning them. Is that the controversial view about masculinity? Is, is the controversial view about masculinity that men should be responsible husbands and fathers? What, what, where, what's controversial? If that's controversial, it's just because society is insane, not because what I'm saying is controversial. Oh, we have a clip, of, we have a clip from him later that we're going to play that uh, he has some weird views about masculinity. All right. Education of women. That's a, that's a new one. I hadn't heard that one before. In case you didn't notice, I wear a funny hat. The hat is called a kippah. 
That Kipa suggests that I'm an Orthodox Jew. I'm trying to make this linkage for the CBC, a state-funded enterprise in Canada. And um, you know what the Orthodox Jews are not so big on is the objectification of women. We're not super big on that. I've been an outspoken anti-porn advocate since I was like 16 years old. That explains a lot. I didn't know that about him. I didn't know that he was not only just claims that he's not into porn. I didn't know that about him, that he has gone full like you shouldn't watch it either. I was an advocate and still am for virginity of both sexes until marriage. So I'm that's and I don't that's that's actually the fucking toxic. That's these are these are like kind of toxic views because you're. The the implication there is that people who don't choose that are like impure and less than these are these are toxic ideas that are like bad for society. If like everybody believes them, Uh, a, a society where everybody's getting laid is a good society. I'm going to need some evidence on the objectification of women front. By objectification, women, do you mean that I think that there are actual standards of beauty and that there are many people in popular culture who we have been told are supposed to be seen as beautiful who are not objectively beautiful? Obviously, that's true. Well, that's yes. Then that is the objectification of women, Ben. You just again, you've just made their case for them with your you're like, oh, yeah, well, here, objectify here. I'm going to objectify women by saying they have to look this way or they, they can't be beautiful. But uh, that's not how you objectify women. Like, what the fuck? Is he just going point by point and providing an example here? I think that's what he's doing. Obviously, that's true. If you poll men on whether Lizzo is beautiful, and I say Lizzo is not, by any classical definition, a beautiful person, that does not mean that that is objectification of women. That just means that there is a standard called beauty, and it has- No, that is literally objective. That is the definition of objectification of women. Yeah, that's not a particular controversial view. Judging Lizzo specifically based on what you think beauty is, you have objectified her. That's it. And you're an insane person. But they say that I have increasingly harmful views about LGBT community. Now, I assume that what they mean by this is that I say, you know, as most societies have said for literally all human history, that the foundation of a successful society is man, woman, child. That heterosexual sex within marriage is the morally preferable form of sex in society. Yes, that's problematic because he's just bigoted, dude. He's fucking, again, he's like, oh, why do they, why do they think I'm bigoted against gay people? Just, or just gay, bisexual, lesbian, and trans people. Here, I'm going to tell you why they think that. (laughs) Come on, dude. That all of human progeneration is rooted in it. That all of societal stability is founded upon it. And that when you get rid of the standard, that there is, in fact, a moral superiority to heterosexual sex within the confines of marriage. When you get rid of that, you end up destabilizing both reproduction and society itself. And this is basic natural law kind of stuff. But natural, oh, nobody ever, nobody ever invoke, nobody ever like tries to evoke natural law unless they're trying to tell you why they're a bigot and why their bigotry is good. Seems to be backed by a fair bit of evolutionary biology as well. This is not saying that the government should regulate the type of sex that people can have in the privacy of their own bedroom. It is to say that pretending that there is no level of moral superiority to your sex life is very, very silly when we apply moral superiority and inferiority scales to literally everything else you do from the food that you eat to the clothes that you wear. So apparently that's Ben probably applies a lot of moral superiority to the kind of clothes people wear. He's 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 right there as well. And that's that's really bad. The goal of the CBC piece, of course, is to get my content banned on social media. And so what they have to do here is that they can't actually say what about my views is so terrible. So you just did it for them. They do is they say, well, you know, 
young people watch my stuff. And then they increasingly watch other people's stuff. And those other people's stuff is really bad. And then even worse stuff. Now, again, they'll never use this argument about, for example, marijuana and the fact that virtually everyone who does hard drugs originally started with marijuana. That, that, that argument was ruled out of bounds long ago. And we have to pretend now, by the way, that marijuana is not addictive. Marijuana is, in fact, addictive by all available data. We have to pretend all that stuff. But we're not allowed to make that argument with regard to a slippery slope on drugs. We're also not allowed to make the argument with regard to a slippery slope on pornography. If we say that people access porn and a subsection of the people who access that porn are going to access more and more extreme versions of porn up to and including violent porn, and that that has an effect on people's souls and it makes them less sensitive toward women. You're not supposed to say that either. That's really bad. So again, slippery slope arguments only apply to the things that they want them to apply to, namely politics. He just went through a list of like, oh, they say I'm this kind of bigot. They say I'm doing this thing that is bad. Every time he gave an, a thing that he, they, like that they were saying about him or whatever, then he just went on to like, he's like, here, I'm going to do that exact thing right now. Come on, Ben. You're supposed to be like a, like a smart lawyer guy or something. How could you, how could you not, how could you just go through that list? Go, well, they're actually wrong. Um, here's why they're wrong. And then instead of like giving a, some kind of possible reason why they might be wrong, you just gave a reason that they're right. You like gave an example of the fucking thing they're talking about. Like that's, you're stupid, Ben. So I just wanted to show real quick before we get on to our uh, Trump news of the week. Uh, there were people on Monday just kind of hanging out on the street corner in Mar-a-Lago waiting for Trump to get home. Because that's what normal people who aren't in like a fucking cult do, right? Here we go. Like, what are they? Why? I don't understand at all. Oh no, copyright, copyright, copyright. Oh my god. Also, like on like on like a scale of one to I really don't understand the song that I'm playing here, that's a, that's a, I really don't understand this, this song that I'm playing. Oh no. It ain't me. I ain't no fortunate one. It ain't me. I ain't no Senator's son. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a song talking about how great the fucking president is. You fucking idiots. Uh, so here's Don jr. He's at a campaigning for in, uh, I believe in Michigan for governor candidate, Tudor Dixon. And uh, apparently he's going to, talk a little bit about uh classified documents and um in the fbi super smart guy the information was so dangerous and so classified that they spread it all over the floor took a picture of it and leaked it to the washington post because it's so sensitive it was so sensitive that it remained under covers for like 18 months in donald trump's possession and yet, within five minutes of the FBI having it, the Washington Post put it up on the front page. Those are just like cover sheets. Still trying to figure this one out. Those are like the cover sheets on the fucking on the folders and shit, dude. There wasn't any fucking there wasn't any information there. What the fuck? <laughs> up next, 
<laughs> Up next is uh well it's gonna kinda have to be seen to believed here be believed here. It is uh I forget this guy's name already. It's Cash Patel, I think is his name, and he's gonna he's showing off his little children's trump book. There's a little children's trump book, everybody. It's uh the plot against the king. Topics that the administrative's national security state never wanted us to touch, Russiagate and election rigging, we are bringing the truth in an apolitical fashion out for the American public, for adults, for children, and as President Trump has kindly and generously stated on Truth Social, his mission is to get this book into every school, every school board, and every library in America. Go to Plot Against the Kingdom. They're trying to get a fucking this book. It's, like they're gonna that book will be right next to Raphael O'Neill's book, um, uh, Funny Clouds: A Chemtrail Tale. It'll be right next to each other in the school library. Up next, we got a uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. That would be a uh, yeah, Don Junior's uh, girlfriend, uh, fiance, whatever, and uh, she's going to be talking about um the Attorney General, the New York Attorney General. Uh, filing civil charges against the Trump organization for fraud. And she's not happy about it. It's unbelievable. There's no substance whatsoever to this suit. And it is a sad day in America where we are turning into a third world country with this kind of lack of justice. She should be herself investigated and brought before the state bar for her conduct, which is unbecoming the office of a prosecutor and attorney general. And she wants nothing but attention for herself. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about justice. She doesn't care about facts or evidence. She failed at being able to run for governor. So this is what she's doing. Letitia James presiding over the kangaroo court. <laughs> the fucking host of that show looked like he had no idea what she was talking about or was not interested in what she was talking about. What do you, I mean, there are times certainly when people in government should be investigated, when DAs and attorney general attorneys general should be investigated, but just because they filed charges against somebody like a member of your family, isn't really a good reason, Kim. Uh, they brought out the heavy hitters. They got Laura Trump. This is Laura Trump visiting the good people. Well, uh, visiting the people visiting Fox News and she's going to also be talking about the New York Attorney General and the Trump family of the Trump Foundation the Trump organization this one's pretty funny actually decided to investigate my husband's charity despite the fact that it had one of the lowest expense ratios of any private charity in America and unfortunately guess who was hurt by that it wasn't my husband it's the kids of St. Jude who knows how many kids have died unnecessarily thanks to her investigation and her uh, uh, just vitriol and hatred for anyone with the last name Trump it's we only disgusting. have 30 seconds so wasn't that charity that she's talking about like demonstrated to be fraudulent and that they were essentially stealing money from cancer kids or whatever. They were collecting money donations that were supposed to be for kids with cancer. And then uh, Eric and Don Jr. were like pocketing like a non-insignificant portion of that money. And that's why their fucking charity got shut down. I think that's the one she's talking about. I think they also fucking did something similar to that with a veterans charity that they were running. And so I feel like I feel like maybe maybe Laura Trump is wrong. I don't mean to be too uh, too on the nose here, but I think she's uh, lying. Now, here, here goes Bill Barr 
a couple weeks ago, we played a clip of Bill Barr where he was actually fairly fairly reasonable-ish about the FBI uh, serving a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago. But now that they're messing with Trump's money, ooh, old Bill Barr don't like that very much at all. I'm not even sure she has a, a good case against Trump himself, but what ultimately persuades me that this is a, a political hit job is uh, she grossly overreaches when she tries to drag the children into the, the children they had roles in the business. Okay. So these are, first of all, they're adults. Secondly, they were named executives, named officers in one or more of Trump's businesses. The children think of the children. We're talking about cocaine, Don and Eric and fucking Ivanka. Think of that. These people were named officers named. They were like, you know, the C CFO or, a director or a president or something like that on the articles of incorporation of these businesses. And that's, yeah, if you're, it doesn't matter if you're somebody's fucking kid or not, if your name's on the articles of incorporation and the fucking business goes down, unless you're squeaky clean, guess what? You're going down too. But this was his personal financial statement. It was prepared by the CFO. Uh, accounting firms were involved in it. Well, but who was the CFO? Was it Eric? Children aren't going to know the details of that and be able, and nor are they expected in the real world to do their own due diligence and have it, you know, reviewed independently. And so uh, this, this to me looks like gross overreach, which I think is going to end up backfiring on them because I think it will make people sympathetic for Trump, that this is another example of uh, people piling on because of uh, Trump derangement syndrome, this, you know, this strong desire to, you know, to, to, to punish him. So the you you have to understand that this is not like this is not a situation they're going after the trump organization after the businesses there may have there may have been some stuff about his personal financial statement in there but that's not all that that was going on that's not all that's happening there's we don't even know like the entire scope of this investigation was it going to go anywhere i don't fucking know you don't know we don't know we don't know the scope of the investigation yet um they're acting like it's against trump personally and then that they're going after the kids as part of a thing against trump the problem there is is that his fucking kids his kids his uh, i don't know his sons and daughters are integral parts of his businesses they are all like like on the boards of directors of of his businesses so th this isn't it's not you yeah if you go after an organization you go after the fucking executives of the organization like this is not this is not out of the ordinary now if it's a, is it a political hit job i don't know who fucking knows well that's what the the rest of the process is for ostensibly here's more of bill Barr. that's great well yeah I, I'm, I'm not, well well I, you know as i said i think the new york attorney's general action was a political hit job uh, the essence of that case is uh, that the Trump Organization borrowed a lot of money and in connection with that to facilitate it Donald Trump as an individual gave his personal financial statements and guaranteeing that loan and the claim is that he uh, uh, misvalued his his assets and I think the claim against Trump is fairly weak but what tells me that this is a political hit job is the effort to drag in all the children. Uh, they're not responsible for uh, the personal financial statement of Donald J. Trump. If they were members, if they were fucking officers of that company, 
Yes, they are. Yes, they are. If they are officers, like what? Uh, what? What a what a what a weaselly way to talk about this. They're allowed to rely on the experts that prepared that includes, uh, and, and and so I, I I think it's a case of overreach. Like, uh, that the, I'm repeating myself, but these aren't like these aren't like little nine year old kids or that they don't have anything to do with anything. They're, they're officers of the on the board of directors of these companies. They may have signed off on some of this stuff. They may have initiated. They may have. Who knows? We're going to find out more as time goes on. I'm not sure this isn't just a political hit job by people who hate Trump. Fucking, but I'm okay with that. Like if the, if the New York Attorney General has the goods and they want to get Trump, well, they got the goods. If they didn't have the, if you know, if you don't want to get got, don't let the New York Attorney General have the goods on you. And like, if you don't want your kids getting in trouble with your shady business deal, don't put them on the board of directors of your companies. And that's it and they're not kids either these are adults these are adults who were give paid a salary and had power at these corporations so that's just the way the cookie crumbles baby like don't don't play the game if you're not trying to play the game so up next we got a i just called this many are getting arrested uh i don't know if I just saw Rudy Giuliani's face and I decided to call this many are getting arrested. I don't know if Rudy's going to get arrested. Probably not, but we'll see. They want us ignored. They want us put in prison. They want all our property taken from us. They don't want us to be allowed to be employed. Don't threaten me with a good time. They don't want any television station to put us on. And they say so. And the television stations comply. That's not fascism. That's Rudy Giuliani's common sense. I think his uh, show is on the Mike Pillow Network too, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I think it's on the Mike Pillow Network. <sighs> you know, what I learned today though. <laughs> you know, I got Ben Ben Stein, who was uh, on the Wonder Years. He was the boring teacher. He was also a speechwriter for Nixon. I learned that he's still alive, and um. Apparently, he is hosting a show called The Right View, and uh, he's having Laura Trump on, and they're going to say that uh, Donald Trump and Richard Nixon, well, they're going to make some comparisons here. Uh, I don't really compare Trump and Nixon very much, uh, different times, sort of like different states of play politically, but their comparison, well, it's quite interesting. Um, you say that President Nixon was nothing like the man uh, the media portrayed him to be. Uh, obviously not unlike it. Donald Trump. Tell me about that. Well, first of all, uh, the thing that's most ap apparent right away as, as, as life goes on, I wake up every morning, uh, is that both President Trump and President Nixon were kicked out of office for doing exactly nothing wrong. And it was just a uh, mob, a lynch mob, that was assembled on the word of some uh, words of some crank uh, people who happened to be highly placed in the media. Okay, so the, the situation around Nixon leaving the office was that uh, he resigned. 
because he was going to be removed from office. Everyone thought he was going to be removed from office. He thought he was going to be removed from office. So he resigned. Donald Trump wasn't even removed. From, I mean, he wasn't removed from office, really. He served his term. In the, uh, the, he lost the, elect, the re-election, and then he was no longer in office after he served his first term because he didn't win re-election. That's not being forced out of office, really. And Nixon wasn't forced out either. He left of his own, like his own, his own free will. Maybe he, maybe he would have been forced out, but that's a political process. We have that in place. So these aren't, they're not even that close. Like, what is he talking about? Ben Stein doesn't know anything. I mean, he probably does. He's just like trying to, just trying to get one last grift in. It looks like to me, one last grift, one last, one last hurrah for him. So there's this this gal. She was Trump's lawyer for a bit, but I don't think she's Trump's lawyer anymore. Uh, this is Christina Bob. And the reason I don't think she's Trump's lawyer anymore is because she's like mostly been a correspondent for the Right Side Broadcasting Network now. <laughs> so I don't know if she's I don't know if she's really working on Trump's case or whatever. Huh. If it plays. Let me try that again. There it goes. They, they take. If they actually do try to make it Gavin Newsom, I think it only highlights the fact that they are planning on stealing the election in order to try to win it. There's Wait, no- why? Why are they? Why would it? If Gavin Newsom was a nominee, why would that indicate that they're trying to steal the election? I'm, I don't understand. No other way they can win. Nobody outside of California, and I will go so far as to say the vast majority of people inside California don't want Gavin Newsom. I. People know that I have reported strongly on election integrity and election security efforts. California's elections are a hot, hot mess. We saw that. What kind of governor who's being recalled, who's in the process of being recalled, actually becomes more popular in the second election? It's just bizarre. And it's intellectually offensive that they think we would fall for that. So, Wait, what? She's a lawyer? Okay, maybe maybe Trump fired her. She doesn't seem like she's very good. She's not very persuasive. I don't know what she meant to say there. After the recall election that Gavin Newsom won two to one, he came out of that more popular than before the recall election. Yeah, that could happen. It's not like it's not like unheard of that somebody would come out of a recall election that they that they defeat and are more popular than before the recall election. Especially because people in California were getting a little bit of recall fatigue. We were covering all kinds of different recalls all over the place. And I think a lot of people were just sick and tired of the recalls themselves. And so, yeah, Gavin Newsom came out of that fucking more popular than he was going in. The way the cookie crumbles, lady lawyer. Up next, we got, uh, looks to me like, looks to me like some people are just really, really, really want World War III to start. And I... I really don't want World War III to start, but it seems to me that some people really do. Uh, Tucker Carlson seems to be one of them. Part of the endless posturing about how Russia is bad, and sure, Russia is bad, fine, Russia is bad. But it's the words, as always, that matter. They're telling you that Russia is now a state sponsor of terror. Why are they saying that? And you're probably nodding, yeah, it seems like a bad place with a bad leader, fine. But state sponsor of terror? It's important for them to define Russia very specifically as that, why? Because what do we do with terror states? We topple their governments. 
We go on the offensive. We take the fight to them. And that's the position of Washington on a bipartisan level. And it's particularly the position of people who believe falsely, speaking of election-related conspiracy theories, that Vladimir Putin stole the 2016 election. And no one believes that lunacy more fervently than the lady who lost. Here she is. Um, I don't think Vladimir Putin stole the election. I don't think a lot of people think that. I think that... Uh... I think the electoral college does a pretty good job of stealing elections from the person who got the most votes. I don't think they really need too much outside help. I think the, if not for a couple things, I think the 2016 election would have gone another way. It would have gone the other way. And uh, like foreign interference in elections via propaganda, everybody does it. Like it, nobody's saying that nobody, nobody says that they're not Russia isn't doing it, but fucking everybody's doing it. We're doing it to everybody and everybody's doing it to us. But that, I don't think any serious analysis of the 2016 election I don't think anybody who does serious analysis of the 2016 election would tell you that the supposed Russian interference was the uh, was the thing that tipped the scales. Did it have an impact? Maybe, maybe not though. I mean, people were getting pretty tired of uh, fucking seeing like constant rage on their Facebook feeds by the time the election happened. Who knows? Who fucking knows? So here's more uh, Tucker fucking trying to read the tea leaves, trying to trying to trying to tell everybody that world war three is coming it i don't think it is but Tucker some agreements on guarantees with putin the west is not in other words who cares what the ukrainians want america and the uk demand total war with russia regime change war with russia and of course the ukrainians caught in the middle had no choice but to concede so days later the peace negotiations fell apart this was virtually unreported at the time, but it was the turning point in the war in Ukraine. This was the moment where the goal changed from restoring Ukraine to what it was before the invasion, and that seems reasonable to everyone in the West, to something very different, to a war designed to topple Vladimir Putin, just like we toppled Saddam Hussein, and then hoping for the best afterward. That is clearly insane and dangerous, but that's where we are. And from that point on, everything changed. And that is how we got to where we are today, which is the closest we have ever been to nuclear conflict in history. What? No, that's not true. That's I. No. What about the Cuban Missile Crisis? Like, and there are probably a couple dozen other times that we don't even know about where, where things were where if somebody would have made a bad decision or whatever, that we would have, we would have things would have gone really badly. I don't know that we're particularly close to nuclear war, but Tucker telling his audience that we are is probably pretty good for Tucker, probably pretty good for his, his numbers. And it keeps his audience tight and together and following him because he's telling you what no one else will. Apparently that's what you got to do. If you got to, if you need, if you need your cult following, you got to be like, Hey, nobody's telling you this stuff. I'm telling it to you. Everyone's lying to you, but me. And that's what old Tuck Tuck's doing. But it's not just him. Oh, actually it is just him. Here's more Tucker Carlson talking about World War III. Well, there are a couple of things at work. First of all, almost from the very first moment that the Russians moved into eastern Ukraine, uh, a succession of retired generals and political hacks in Washington and London and elsewhere have been declaring imminent victory for Ukraine. Seven months later, and the Ukrainian army is bled white, 
Tens of thousands of Ukrainian troops have been killed or wounded. Ukraine is really on the ropes and trying to create the illusion that that's not the case. At the same time, Vladimir Putin has finally concluded that he can't negotiate with Kiev, that the real problem is, of course, Washington, and that Washington will not negotiate with him. So he's opted for partial mobilization, bringing in additional forces, ostensibly for the purpose of ending this thing. And at the same time, he's very aware, as any of us are who are in the defense community in Washington, that there's been a lot of loose talk for several months about the viability of waging a limited nuclear war against Russia. You no, oh, this this shit. I this shit's like straight from um, a David Knight guy that used to be on Infowars was talking about this stuff. He's like, my sources are saying that people in Washington are talking about the viability of a limited nuclear war with Russia. Shut the fuck up. I mean, maybe somebody's talking about it, but there's nobody at a high level in the military, or the executive branch, thinking about this. This is this is absurd. This is like crazy talk. This is cra- I don't think Vladimir Putin is thinking about doing that. I don't think anybody in Ukraine is thinking about doing that. I don't think any of our allies in Europe are thinking about that. And I don't think anybody in power in the United States is thinking about that. And to the extent that they are, they're probably all thinking that other people are thinking about it. But this is crazy talk. Nobody wants to fucking blow the planet up. Although, I don't know. We've had a, you know, humanity's had a run. <laughs> maybe, maybe wiping humanity off the planet isn't the worst idea. But then we're wiping all the other animals off the fucking planet too and shit. So, this is this is this is crazy talk using the so-called tactical nuclear weapon this sort of thing is very frightening to the russians they've made it very clear that their use of nuclear weapons is limited to retaliatory strikes in the event that like look they're showing a graph of the united states attacking russia like or a chart of it or like a like an animation of it I, I just, in one sentence, tell me, you've been in Washington and in the, in the U.S. Army for all your life. People didn't used to talk like this. Let's just throw nukes at a country. I mean, wh- when did this start? It didn't. I think we've always had a certain number of people who believed in the viability of a limited nuclear war. But normally they were beaten back into, uh, into the background and regarded as, quite frankly, uh, crazy. But they are in ascendance. Yeah. And they have gained a lot of credibility. It's 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 shocking to people who don't pay attention to this stuff every day. It really is the most reckless thing I can imagine. Well, it's a good thing our only sources for it so far seem to be this guy, who used to be used to work for like the Secretary of Defense or whatever at some point, and then like former Infowars person David Knight is the only other person I've heard talk about this in this way. So I don't think that there's any, like the powers that be, I don't think are seriously considering this Um, to the extent that it's maybe being gamed out. It's probably always being gamed out. It's probably being gamed out with other countries as well, like China. There's probably always like simulations or whatever that people are doing regarding like a nuclear war or how it would play out or whatever. But I don't think that's, that's not evidence that it's being seriously considered by anybody. And what that guy was doing, that was just fucking straight up crazy talk. I'm just, I would be absolutely fucking stunned if that that's like something that's like seriously on the table because that's, you can't like have a limited nuclear war. It just fucking escalates and all of a sudden everything is gone. My city's gone. Your city's gone. Fucking everything's gone. Moscow's gone. Los Angeles is gone. New York City's gone. You can't like, 
and I think it's fairly, not fairly, I think it's really reckless for Tucker to have somebody on talking like that, honestly, but I mean, it's Tucker Carlson. Like what else, what else do you expect from the guy? So here's uh, Jesse Waters and um, somebody named Glenn Beaton, and they're going to talk about homelessness, and it's, you know, probably not great. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but I bet it's not great. So what exactly is happening out there on the streets of that beautiful state of Colorado? Oh, that guy looks like, you know, who knows what's up on the streets? This is Glenn Beaton guy, if that's his name. Well, his name's ringing out on the streets. Uh, I spent my time between Aspen and Denver, but what I see in Denver, you don't think of Denver as uh, Seattle. Look at they're showing Los Angeles. Look, <laughs> I mean, why are they showing Los Angeles? Like, this is just like poor people scary, and then they're just like, get us some stock footage of homeless people wiling out. Francisco or New York in terms of homelessness, but it's pretty bad. And so what they've decided to do in Denver, this, this will blow your mind. They've decided that they're going to pay people to be homeless. Mm. They're going to give people $1,000 per month for years, so $12,000 a year to be homeless. But as you mentioned, there is a catch to it. You have to either be a woman or a transgender or a gender non-conforming person, mm. whatever that What means. the fuck? Uh, or a transgender? When you put the word, bef when you just put a uh, before transgender, I even if somebody's like just speaking sloppily or whatever, you know that person doesn't like no trans people. They hate trans people. So I expect to come out of the woodwork a whole bunch of... Uh, Cross-dressers, right? Lining <laughs> yeah, right. up for their thousand dollars. That's not what being trans is. This everything is wrong with this. Like everything is wrong with this. Like also, like not for nothing. Like Chat was saying, being homeless in Denver, Colorado, as winter approaches, is a very different proposition than uh, being homeless in, say, Los Angeles, as winter approaches. Thank you for the rate, you know, Justin. When you pay people to be homeless, just as when you pay people to do anything, you're going to get more people to do it. This is going to have exactly. <laughs> this guy's like, we're going to just pay people if they're homeless, so everybody's going to be like, "Well, fuck with that, fuck my house." Like, is that what's going to happen, dude? Come on, come on the wrong effect the exactly the opposite effect it strikes me as a terribly destructive thing not just to the taxpayers and to the city but to the homeless people themselves you want not to enable their life you want to cure them of their life but like a thousand dollar you this this fabulously stupid man a thousand bucks a month you might be able to rent a room somewhere and then boom you're not on the street anymore this guy is stupid I almost feel bad that we broadcast the fact that they're handing out $1,000 a month to homeless people who are non-binary, non-conforming, lesbian women. Well, I don't even know what it all means. You're well, because that's because it's sex, Jesse. It has to do with sex. And you don't know anything about sex or, or, or any of that stuff. You're just like a eunuch. Dude. I see a pilgrimage of people from all over the country now going to Denver throwing a dress on or just being a woman and putting their hand out. And you know what they're doing with the cash? They're going to go buy drugs, aren't they? They're going to fucking, a lot of them are going to go rent a room, you idiot. 
Well, yeah, there's shelters in Denver. Denver is not without homeless shelters. There's plenty of shelters in Denver, but they typically have empty beds every night. These Do people they? sleep on the sidewalks and poop in the gutter because that's where they want to be. Now, if they're not going to the free homeless shelter, is there really is there really a person out there who like finds dignity in pooping in a gutter? <laughs> oh no! Like the the way that some people talk about even like poor and and unhoused people and stuff is disgusting. We talk about them like they're not even human beings. What makes anyone think that they're going to take the free thousand dollars and go rent an apartment? That doesn't well, they're happen. not going to because you can't get an apartment in Denver for a thousand bucks and your credit's probably wrecked. What the hope is maybe that some kind person will take them in and take seven fifty eight hundred of that thousand bucks and put a roof over their head. That's the hope. You can't go get an apartment for a thousand dollars in Denver. Get the fuck out of here. Why don't we just take all the money we're giving the homeless and build institutions to help them get off drugs and give them therapy so they're not mentally ill? Doesn't that seem like a better use of money? Oh, and this mentally ill shit. Like the, the, so a lot of what's going on here is the car. They got the car going the wrong way in a lot of cases here. I think, sure, some people who suffer with mental illness end up on the street because there are not services for them. But you don't see fucking Jesse Waters out there like advocating for services for people with mental illness very often. More often than not, Jesse Waters is calling people mentally ill, like if they're liberal or trans or gay or whatever, right? He's like, hey, you're mentally ill. But the car's going the other way in a lot of cases. If you put me on the street with nowhere to go, no family connections, and then give me a month, how fucking tight do you think my head's going to be screwed on after that month? I'm going to be a different person. The way I respond to the average person is going to change. The way I deal with things going wrong, minor things going wrong is going to change because of the trauma of being on the street. So it's it's a chicken and egg thing it's like which came first and for a lot of people i think the the financial stress and then homelessness came first and then what what he would describe as mental illness came second but it's a response to stimuli well i'm totally behind you on that listen i don't think people ought to starve or freeze to death in america we're too rich a society to afford that and if somebody's starving to death or freezing to death in the gutter i'll help them right there but giving them money isn't going to help them they're going to misuse the money you know in the old days we didn't have this problem and we uh -oh. weren't nearly as rich as we are now. Uh oh what's he going to do is he going to say we threw all these people in a fucking mental institution or is he going to say that like the church took care of them what's he going to say here Whatever he's going to say here is going to be a fucking problem. He's not going to be like, oh, back in the day, you know, we had a kinder society and people had more family support. And, you know, there were there were affordable housing projects for people. And now he's going to either say that the church used to help these people and we got rid of God. Or he's going to say that we used to fucking institutionalize them. I think it's probably going to be the second one because this guy doesn't really seem like a man of God to me. Now, in the old days, in the old days, we had mental institutions, we had prisons, we had family support groups, we had churches. Oh, shit. Well, the left doesn't want any part of any of that. Oh, shit. I was wrong. He went with the fucking family support and churches thing that I didn't think he was going to do. I thought he was just going to go straight fucking go, go to Gulag or whatever.
because it uh, it threatens their governmental control. Yeah, they want right. all this to be owned by government. You're right. It was more civilized when we banished them to asylums and put them in straitjackets and gave them the help and the drugs that they needed. Wait, wait, but you just did you hear that? He's like, I don't want them on the streets doing drugs. What they need to do, what we need to do is throw them in a fucking insane asylum, put them in a straitjacket and force feed them drugs. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, come on. Really, dude? Really, Jesse? In an institution, this is not civilized to let people sling oh, poop. It's, it's not like Denver hasn't done anything. Denver's thrown approximately a half a billion dollars at this project, <laughs> basically, at these programs. <laughs> and somebody put... Is, is it, why was he laughing at half a billion? Is that just a number he can't really fathom? Does he not know that it's 500 million? Like, why, why is he laughing at that? And did the math on this. They added up all the homeless people in Denver, which is a little bit hard to get a fix on, but th they estimated. Anyway, and they divided that by the number of dollars that have been spent by Denver over the years. And it turns out that right now, Denver is spending between 20, no, between 40000 and $100,000 per homeless person per year. So wait a minute, now giving them a thousand bucks a month sounds like a deal. If they, if you give them a thousand bucks a month and like half of them find a fucking room to rent, now they're not fucking on the street anymore. That sounds like a deal to me. This guy's, this guy's, this guy's not only kind of a ghoul, he also doesn't understand numbers. Now, to put that in perspective, Denver spends only $20,000 per pupil per year okay. for its schools. <laughs> so we're spending more on homeless and our students and forty thousand dollars eighty thousand dollars that's college tuition it's all ass backwards well great well, that's even better let's send let's take all the people that you're let's send them to college fuck it run you could this give is, them this a is, hundred yeah you could give them a hundred dollars and it's all going hundred thousand dollars it's all going to the drug dealer what the f exactly it's, it's crazy you could give them a million dollars and they wouldn't buy a house with it they'd right. still be sleeping on the sidewalks because that's where they want to be right. what know, the fuck because we're running out of time and, and we're, we're just we just don't have enough time to be as ghoulish as we could we could just keep going forever we could just be more ghoulish but we're we're out of time actually i have to like shit on immigrants in the next segment I don't have time to shit on the homeless in um in Denver. I have to I have to like I have to shit on indigenous people after a commercial break. Oh my god. Uh well. I have a palate cleanser. <laughs> I have goats. <laughs> that's awesome we'll let it we'll let it loop around if you're listening to the podcast there's just goats up in a tree this is awesome we'll let it run we'll let it loop again this is great it's amazing <laughs> love it love it we love goats around here goats and trees are even better somebody in chat was like that better be a good palate cleanser it was that was a very good palate cleanser uh you might want to watch the video of this uh everybody 
Uh, Plex doesn't go up on YouTube because they'll kick us off. So you have to go watch it on Odyssey or maybe I'll put it up on the Book of Faces or something. Um, I mean, that's all really fun until like you like shake the tree and then a bunch of goats fall on your head, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know how that works. So up next, we got Tiny Dancer Ben Shapiro. Again, we had a real problem from him at the beginning, but don't worry. We have a real problem from him now, too. He's going to talk about uh, just being able to drop your ballot off at a Dropbox. And uh, spoiler alert, he's, I guess, against it. Here is Kamala Harris again. Just a sterling example of a, of a deeply insincere person. And there are certain politicians on the right side of the aisle who I've said come off as insincere, but the thing is that they are sincerely insincere. That actually is who they are. Kamala Harris, maybe there's a core of sincerity to her somewhere, or maybe it's just insincerity all the way through. I really, I, I honestly can't tell. But here she was pretending outrage at laws that are getting rid of drop boxes in certain places. You know why you get rid of drop boxes? Because people can stuff the drop boxes. With ballots, yes. mess with the drop but, boxes. But, but yes, you could stuff the, but yes, but the, that's the point of the, if it's stuffed with ballots, that means everybody voted, Ben. What do you mean stuff? What does he think this is? What do you mean stuff them? I'd be fucking hella happy if there was if there was just not enough drop boxes because everybody was voting. Maybe Ben not so much. The, the idea that you should be voting in person in places that are supervised is not controversial. But apparently, according to Kamala Harris, it's anti-democratic now. Wild so-called leaders claim we should return the issue of reproductive freedom to the voters in the states, these same extremist so-called leaders are passing laws to make it intentionally more difficult for people to vote. Return it to the states, let the voters there decide. While laws are being passed to ban drop boxes and restrict early voting, laws that are making it illegal to give food and water to people who are standing in line sometimes for hours to vote, Undemocratic laws. Un-American laws. Undemocratic and un-American to say that you're not allowed to bribe people with food and water in line, which is... They're already in line to vote, Ben. They're not there for the fucking sandwich and the bottle of water, Ben. They're not like, oh, shit. You know what I need? I need a bottle of Crystal Geyser. You know what I'm going to do for that? I'm going to go stand in line for fucking five hours to go vote. Oh, They'll give me a fucking bologna sandwich too. Sign me up. Also, like bribing people to vote. Like, what? Maybe you should get paid a day's. You should get paid to take the day off to go vote. I don't know. Which is what the laws actually say. It doesn't say that you're not allowed to bring people food and water. It says you're not allowed to bribe them with food and water. Also, who decides what the difference how, is? Oh, they're getting rid of, of a lot of early voting. How early are we allowed to vote? You know, we should just extend this forever. Can I vote right now in like the 2032 election? I well, no, there's no candidates, Ben. So can I just do it right now? As soon as the. I don't know, as soon as the candidates are announced and the uh, propositions and stuff are all there, uh, or as soon as you get your ballot in the mail, you, know, you should be able to vote. Yeah. I don't see what... Like, does he just... This is, like, pretty transparent, though. Like, the, the more access you give people to voting, the more likely a, like, a liberal, kind of center-leftish politics is going to take over. And I guess Ben doesn't want that? We'll just get this out of the way. They're like, what in the... It's anti-democratic to pursue the same voting procedures we had before COVID. We need the COVID voting procedures because that's what allowed Democrats to increase the number of people voting. Ben, th- it, yes. From like 120 
20 to 130 million people in a typical election cycle to 150 million. It allowed them to ballot harvest. It allowed them to do all the things that they like to do to get marginal voters, people who don't really care all that much, to vote. They went door to door, knocked on people's doors, and they gathered their ballots, and then they drove them over to the drop boxes and dropped them off. Right? This is the kind of stuff that Democrats would love to do. And it's anti-democratic if you oppose it. Um, if somebody already filled out their ballot and it's already sealed and I'm on my way to the fucking drop box and my neighbor's like, hey, can you drop this off that at the, or, while you're there? Like, why is, am I now stuffing the ballot? Because my neighbor was like, "Hey, uh, do you drop? Can you drop this off?" Uh, I think that might. Even, I think that might be legal in California. I'm not sure, but like, what would the problem be? I don't understand. I mean, I do understand, right? Obviously, Ben's side doesn't want more people voting because the more people vote, the smaller a proportion of the people who voted vote for the things that Ben wants. Imagine that. <laughs> I mean, if I just wanted to win and my side was not, you know, consistently getting the most votes, I suppose I too would be against more people voting. <laughs> Wouldn't you? If you're like, if, you, if somebody told you, "Hey, uh, so we ran the numbers, and if you know, eighty uh, percent." of the saved number of people who voted last time vote this time you'll win but if it's 82 percent or higher then you're probably going to lose so you'll want you'll want to drive that number down to like 75 percent of the previous turnout because you want to win and i guess if that means you got to keep people from the ballot box i guess that means you got to keep people from the ballot box but other countries don't do this there's other countries where the voting rate isn't super high. I'm sorry, other there are countries that are suppressing the vote. Most of our allies, like our historic, like historically our allies are like most of Europe, well, at least after World War II. Let's say our allies post-World War II. None of those allies tend to do this shit. Japan doesn't do this shit. Fucking Germany don't do this shit. I think in Australia, voting is compulsory and you have to pay a small fine if you don't vote. And so like, Conservatives do just fine in Australia. Wonder what's going on here in America. This next one is a bit troubling. Um, we're going back to old Tucker. Um, he is going to talk about um, instant justice for uh, people at hospitals who uh, do sex crimes, also schools. What exactly are teachers talking to my kids about? What's a human sexuality lecture look like in my sixth graders class? Why don't you tell me, speak slowly so I can take notes. What if you had a sixth grade teacher on to talk about it? The reality of all this behind the euphemism is horrifying. It's sexualizing children. No. And they go completely hysterical when you point that out because it's true. And the real question is why is everyone else putting up with this? In a healthy country with an intact social fabric, neighborhood dads would mete out instant justice to anyone who even thought about sexualizing their kids. Oh, no. If you doubt that, go ahead and try it in Bulgaria or South Africa or the Solomon Islands. Good luck. Let us know how that ends if you can still speak. People won't put up with it because the instinct to protect your children is the deepest of all human instincts, and it has to be. Of course, it has to be. But it's been all but eliminated in the West. 
Parents in this country and in Canada are far more passive. Why? Because they haven't recognized this phenomenon for what it is. They believe it's some kind of political movement, somehow related to the liberation struggle for trans rights, and therefore something you're not allowed to complain about or you're a bigot, and all the moms think you're bad. But it's not a liberation struggle. There is no liberation struggle. The battle for trans rights is long over. Trans people have rights. They can dress any way they like. And not only is that entirely legal, most Americans have no interest whatsoever in interfering with it at all. This is a fundamentally live and let live country. And it always has been. That's the deal we've always had. You do your thing, I'll do mine, and we'll both leave one another alone. Unless the teacher, unless your teacher gives comprehensive sex ed that includes acknowledgement that queer and genderqueer, trans, and people just basically that aren't like a like the like the beaver cleaver family unit, that those people exist, then the dads need to get the fucking baseball bats. Like, listen to what this guy's saying. And the overwhelming majority of the American population still favors that. Republican, Democrat, Independent, everybody's for that. But that's not what this is at all. These are not people who want to leave you alone or your kids alone. These are weirdos getting creepy with other people's children. That's exactly what it is. Say it. Say it. That's what it is. This is like a, this is like QAnon, like the beliefs of QAnon and Pizzagate to some extent being like watered the fuck down and and now they're more just diffuse and they're 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 not as deep not as deep but they're like a fucking mile wide now and they're just permeating our society now naturally joe biden who showered with his own daughter who said her sex life was destroyed by it is now the lead spokesman for this lunacy Oh, uh, that's like according to like what someone said is in Joe Biden's daughter's Bible or Bible And we're committed uh, to diary. advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere. Today, we're announcing even more steps, but there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against transgender women of color and girls of color. To ensure transgender seniors can age with dignity, dignity, to parents of transgender children, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. Oh, yeah. Tell us more about how to keep your children safe and healthy, Joe Biden, Mr. Shower with his daughter guy. Are you joking? These are sex crimes, and the people committing them should... These are not sex crimes. Now, try and say that out loud anywhere but on Fox News. You can't. Why can't you? Because it's true. That's why. You can't say the true things. You can claim the earth is flat and no one gets exercise. But when you start saying things... Because the claim that the earth is flat like tends to have very little consequence. You just get made fun of. And the flat earth movement is dead now. It's gone. I mean, there's still flat earth shit on Facebook and shit, but it's gone. And it's it's largely harmless, like the belief in Bigfoot. All lives matter, or sexualizing my children is a crime and if you keep it up i'm gonna hurt you because i'm the dad say that Ooh, you're done okay the crime there would be if you believed that sex ed was somehow sexualizing your child and then you went and hurt the teacher you'd be the one committing the crime actually uh the teacher if you think a crime is being committed at the school you could um 
call the police. But then the police would probably tell you, oh, uh, it's not illegal to teach sex ed, so we can't really uh, do anything about that. And then I guess, what are you going to do? I guess then you take the law into your own hands. Well, the police are coming for you. Libs of TikTok is being banned from the internet. No, they're not. Because it showed documentary evidence of what was happening. Some people describe what was happening as grooming. We're not exactly sure what that means, but if it's sexually abusing children, yeah, that is what's happening. Wait, no. Groomer is now... Okay, first of all, grooming is... I don't want to get too much into this. Grooming is a part of a process that an abuser might use. The grooming would be the behavior before the abuse. It would be to... I'm not even going to get into it. You could look it up yourself. But, um... Ugh. Hate speech, says NBC News. A couple of months ago, the, these people, um, one is Libs of TikTok, another is Matt Walsh, uh, you have Chris Rufo, who you just mentioned. They've been villainizing and literally demonizing these doctors who treat these people for months now. And so in that time you can just see it in their mentions this this sicko language i've seen it a million times over because every time they tweet about these doctors using these doctors faces sometimes and they'll they'll the, all of the, the comments are like sickos demonic satanic pedophile groomer yeah they're being mean to doctors who castrate children who cut the breasts off girls yeah oh no this is just going to get worse, isn't it, everybody? He's been celebrated and aggressively defended by virtually everyone with power. It takes three steps back. We used to say, oh, our society doesn't care about children. That's not what this is. What you're seeing is a society that hates children. You would have to hate children in order to sexualize them because sexualizing children screws them up for life. Ask anyone to whom it's happened. Period. No one should put up with this. No parent should put up with this for one second, no matter what the law says. Your duty, your moral duty, is to defend your children. This is an attack on your children, and you should fight back. That's just, it, it's, uh, I mean, I'm not even sure that's walking right up to calling for violence. I feel like he may not have committed a crime, but I feel like uh, it would be, it's kind of incumbent upon Fox News to take him off the air if he's going to be doing that. Because, like, that's just a, like a, they're just straight up telling you, oh, don't worry about what the law says. You need to, you need to dish, dish out justice yourself. And against a teacher or a doctor? And early, early sex ed, a lot of it is actually uh, prevents child abuse because a lot of it is, in fact, talking to kids about consent, good touching, bad touching, that kind of stuff. It's uh, some parents are uncomfortable talking to their kids about it. Some parents are the ones doing the abuse. And so early sex ed prevents, it doesn't, it doesn't prevent abuse. Well, it could prevent abuse because some kid might just be like, well, fuck no. And then tell somebody, but it also like helps the kid, kids who might be abused, recognize that that's what's happening or recognize that what's going on is wrong. And to tell a trusted adult about it and we and get get it to stop because that person's probably not just abusing one one kid. And so this is this is going to have the exact opposite effect of what they claim they want to do. So now we're gonna move on to the furry panic. The furry panic is still going on, and I'm having I'm having such a hard time taking it seriously. 
we are witnessing perhaps the greatest collapse in mental health in the history of the world. We've literally got kids who think they're cats and dogs using litter boxes in classrooms. I mean, you're right, sir, but you're for the wrong. We are, in fact, watching a collapse of someone's um, ability to discern reality from, from fantasy right here. But it's not the kids who you think are using the litter box in the school, sir. Sir, it's you, sir. Sir, it's you. And yet some of the same people who have had the most influence in these areas for many years tell us that only they have the wisdom. Only they have the solutions to the complex mental health challenges many of our youth face today. <laughs> sir, sir, there is a problem, sir. But there's no fucking litter boxes that in... Even if there's like a bunch of furries, they still just use the bathroom. Just furries. It's about the fashion, baby. All right. Here's more of the uh, anti-critical race theory stuff. Anti, what is this? Anti, uh, you know, it's a diversity, inclusion, equity or whatever. Die. All this stuff. Uh, here's a person at um, the House GOP's commitment to America gender rollout uh, talking about this shit. Usually it's at a fucking city, like a like school board meeting, city council, board of supervisors or something. But this is like a, just like a Republican platform thing. Should be great. There are many other public education issues concerning parents like myself. The slow creep of critical race theory, diversity, equity and inclusion, gender identity and allowing biological boys to enter girls' spaces and sports. Now we have SEL, which is social emotional learning. It's indoctrination disguised as pro programs like kindness initiatives or anti-bullying programs or diversity projects. These are all Marxist-style programs targeting <laughs> our children. It's all Marxism, everybody. Social emotional learning, also known as Marxism. It's amazing. It's just amazing what kinds of things people will come up with. I like social emotional learning. That's just social emotional learning. So we're going to move back to Tucker Carlson. Apparently, uh, it is now woke to believe that Watergate happened. <laughs> All right, everybody, you water, you woke Watergate believers. Here's a fact they never told you. Who is the most popular president in American history? As measured by votes, which is the only real poll, was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon won his 1972 re-election campaign in a historic landslide. He carried 49 states, biggest margin ever. And then within a year, he was disgraced, and six months later he was gone because Watergate, which no one can still explain even to this day, that was clearly driven no one can explain Watergate? by government agencies, including the FBI. I can explain Watergate. There was a break-in at a Democratic, like at the Democratic Party, uh, some Democratic Party office building. Um, and then Richard Nixon and his people covered it up. And then there was um, ample evidence that they covered it up. 
If they would have just come clean about it, he, ne- he never would have got fucking there. would have been nothing. He would have just been like, some people that work for me did this, and I fucking denounced this kind of behavior. But he tried to cover it up, and that's when he got fucking busted. That's what happened with Watergate. That's it. It's simple. That's it. That's the whole Watergate story. It's always the cover-up that gets you in the most trouble if you're a public official. It's never the thing, especially if you didn't do it or order it yourself. So it turns out it's hard to recruit people into the military if uh, if the military tells you that they don't like white nationalists, which is a little bit funny, a little bit strange. You'd think that it would go without saying that maybe the military doesn't want a bunch of white nationalists within their ranks, but apparently it's driving down recruiting, according to Tom Cotton. Young kids don't join the military to learn how to use the right pronouns. They joined the military to learn how to kill the bad guys and defend this country. And if the Biden administration wants to know why recruiting numbers have collapsed, why we have a recruiting crisis, they just need to look at their own policies. Afghanistan, the vaccine mandates, the indoctrination sessions, radical gender ideology, the witch hunt for supposed white nationalists. The Biden Pentagon looking for the causes of the recruiting crisis is kind of like O.J. Simpson looking for the real killer, Harris. (laughs) The military has been concerned with white nationalists among their ranks for a very long time. You can find you can find references to it going back quite, quite, quite a ways. And so that's. Not it. He also was like, oh, there's like, I forget what he said. He said there's like some radical gender ideology or some shit or like, like, get out of here, dude. It's hard to recruit. Afghanistan might be right. The first thing he said is probably right. Afghanistan and Iraq are probably what made it makes it hard to recruit into the military because they're worried that they're going to be sent off on some fucking errand somewhere. Young people are. They're like, I don't want to go die for nothing. And that's probably that probably drives down recruiting. But I don't know about that other shit. Other shit just sounds like just sounds like a bunch of fucking bunch of bunch of bullshit, bunch of like dog whistles for basically saying, well, we don't like that the military thinks black people are people or that gay people are okay. All right, everybody. <laughs> Up next, we got the rainbow fentanyl panic. There are just a ton of there are so many moral panics going on right now, um, but right now we're going to talk about the rainbow fentanyl one. Bill Clinton weighed in. He thinks that Republicans have a way of trying to win. Listen, listen to him here. You have to note, the Republicans always close well. Why? Because they find some new way to scare the living daylights out of swing voters about something. That's what they did in 2021, where they made critical race theory sound worse than smallpox. I mean... I, I, Greg Gutfeld last night on the five. Well, he said the Democrats have been trying to scare people as well. I know. I was going to say, like, newsflash, Bill, um, your party's doing that just fine. We don't need to help you with that at all. You're scaring voters everywhere with the open border. I mean, just last month, 2,000 pounds of fentanyl came across our border. That, that could kill 500 million people. We're coming into Halloween. Every mom in the country right now is worried, what if this gets into my kid's Halloween basket? You're talking about the rainbow The fentanyl. rainbow fentanyl. What if my, my teenager gets this? And the... The things that they were showing that they were calling rainbow fentanyl, everybody, those are e-pills. Um, those are m- not Molly. They're just e-pills. And they're probably, probably some of them do have fentanyl in them. And uh, I probably would be hesitant to do any ecstasy because of the fentanyl thing. 
but those aren't rainbow fentanyl pills. The, the, the thing that they're selling is ecstasy. And yeah, kids shouldn't be doing ecstasy, but this moral panic about like people putting drugs in like your kids, Halloween shit. I don't know where it came from, but it never, it never, every year they keep fucking talking about it and it never plays out. It just never plays out. There's never, I think a couple years ago when cannabis was getting, becoming legal in a lot of places, they're like, oh, they're going to give, they're going to give your kids gummies, like cannabis gummies. And I'm sitting there thinking, do you know how much a bag of gummies from like the, the, the dispensary is? Those are expensive. If somebody does that, it's because they ate too many gummies and accidentally gave the kid gummies. They didn't do it on purpose. And it, it's not happening. Nobody's drugging your kids on Halloween. So, luckily, we have another kind of a feel-good story, although it's the, the root of the story ain't great, but the, this person, her name is Dawn Riggs, and she's a badass teacher out of Columbus, Ohio. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Dawn Riggs, I'm from Logan, Ohio, and I am an educator in my 33rd year of teaching. I'm here to oppose the harmful resolution presented by Member Shea. I am certified in theater and in science, so my experience on this issue is multifaceted. As a teacher, I have had the privilege of working with many LGBTQ students in my career. Specific to transgender youth, I have many trans and non-binary students in my classes. My experience with transgender individuals spans my entire career. I am still in touch with some of those folks. Every single former student has told me how much knowing they had a safe place to be their authentic selves has meant to them. They have shared stories about traumas they were experiencing outside my classroom, from classmates, other teachers, family members. They have told me about their cutting. They have told me about their suicidal thoughts, their depression and anxiety and wish to disappear. The fact that they could walk into my classroom, be called the name they chose, and be called by the pronouns that reflected their lived experience made a difference. Even if no other adult in their life affirmed their identity, they knew they would be safe for at least a little while each day. 33 years of teaching, how many students is that? I will never know how many transgender students have felt safe and protected in my classroom, but I am proud to say that they were. It is no burden to use a name that we are asked to use. It is no burden to use the pronouns that are shared with us. If your friend William asks you to call him Billy, you don't blink an eye. If your friend Elizabeth says, I go by Lily, you call her Lily and we just say okay. The only difference between these examples and those opposed by this harmful resolution is the perception that a student's gender does not fit your expectation of it. The damage done by that policy is unthinkable and I will not discriminate against my students and this Board of Education must not either. The language in this proposal that teachers must out their transgender students when seconds. they are all not ready to be out is horrifying. Our students must be able to choose the time and the manner in which they share their transness and with whom. It is not our place to force them to do so. I urge you to oppose this hateful and misguided rhetoric. Thank you. Fuck yeah, critical support to that, that teacher. She's great. She's great. Don Riggs, everybody, Don Riggs. And, you know, all these people that are like, oh, all these bad teachers and shit. You know what I would like to see? I'd like to see Tucker go toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with that lady and talk about some of this stuff. Or maybe Ben Shapiro or Matt Walsh. Because she seemed like she didn't take no guff. <laughs> and it would be very fun, I think, listening to uh, her have a conversation with one of these people, like, doing the moral panic around this. Because she seems to have a lot of experience in this, in this realm. 
So <clears throat> our next clip is, it's very weird. It's not every day that um, a candidate for governor uh, offers to send a reporter some porn. Well, but, you know, here we are. Do you you need me to define pornographic? I mean, I can if you want me to. All right. So there's uh, there's two naked people, and they are acting out a sexual act. So in m multiple different sexual acts, do you want me to send you some so you can see them? That would be fine because I feel like it's, it would be a little awkward. We've got plenty here to show you. Well, I mean that's weird. That's something you don't see every day, right? A candidate for governor just being like, oh, I could send you some porn, actually, if you need me to. There's a way in which that could be funny, but that wasn't funny because this is like this, this is this crap where they're, they're like, oh, they're showing our kids porn in the classroom. They're not showing kids porn. They might be showing depictions of gra uh, graphic depictions of sex acts to teenagers because those teenagers are going to do those fucking sex acts anyway. But yeah, well, that's, that's something you don't see every day. Up next. <laughs> Oh, man, I don't even, I try to stay away from this whole fucking part of the internet, but here we are. I try to stay away from both of these people and I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring up their, uh, bring up their images real quick here. So you can, you'll know who I'm talking about and you'll maybe, maybe understand why I generally try to stay away from these two people. We don't talk about either of these two people very much. The one on the left is a person that works for one American news network. We don't talk about One American News Network very much. And on the right is fucking Jackson Hinkle. And apparently he's on the One American News Network to talk about MAGA communism. You know, I came across you um, most recently with the, the trend, the trending hashtag MAGA communism. Um, now, a lot of people are going to hear that hashtag MAGA communism and be a little bit confused so i'm going to let you explain what that means because i don't think you're a communist jackson well he's not i actually am a communist but at the end of the day communists have a lot of the same goals as working class americans made up in the maga movement we want more prosperity for average americans we want to end big tech we want to end big agriculture big pharma we want to stop the monopolies and the subsidization of monopolies all across America. And we want to reinstill patriotic education in this country. We don't want open borders. We don't want, you know, a green fascist uh, push uh, amongst our people. These aren't things that we support because we are average Americans as well. And the synthetic leftists today, the Democratic Party and the so-called progressives, the close, though they might call themselves socialists. They're far closer aligned with, you know, the quote unquote national socialists in uh, Nazi Germany than any sort of, you know, socialism that we see unfolding of true industrialization in, say, China today or the Soviet Union. And though, you know, average Americans can have many disputes and uh, concerns over the Soviet Union or China today, we have to recognize that these are two countries that chose industrialization over the World Economic Forum uh, path today that's pushing depopulation and degrowth. So we as communists want to unite with MAGA voters and finish the job of Donald Trump, uh, which is 
you know, uprooting liberalism from America and getting the globalists out of the MAGA movement. Because there's so many globalists that are trying to co-opt the MAGA movement and bring about neoconservatism in the MAGA movement. We need to do away with that. We need to do away with people like John Bolton and Mike Pompeo and make sure that this is truly a working class movement. I mean, what the... I got nothing. I think the, the, the person conducting the interview has no idea what the fuck Jackson Hinkle's talking about. I mean, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about a red-brown alliance. He's talking about a movement. It's going to be a, what he wants. It's a movement of mostly white people uh, who have a shared interest in um, stopping the globalists. And well, we all generally know what the fuck that means, I think. So, yeah, I really don't have much on that. Um, I, I think Jackson Hinkle's an idiot. I think uh, all those people at Gray Zone are idiots. It's the Jimmy Dore faction of the fucking, the American left. It's the dumb, dumb left. Shout out to Michael Brooks for coining that phrase or popularizing the phrase. The, the dumb, dumb left. The fucking MAGA people don't want to be your friend, Jackson. I mean, you might want to be their friend, but they don't want to be your friend. And they're... I don't know, whatever. He's making all the right noises for those MAGA people, so maybe they do want to be his friend. Up next, we got Tiny Dancer Ben again. He's going to talk about war and masculinity. Um, because, of course, he is. And earlier, uh, at the very beginning of the show, when we played a clip of him, he said he'd never said anything you know, weird about toxic masculinity. But uh, you know, here he is saying something weird about masculinity. The people who tend to fight wars are typically very patriotic, very male people. I mean, I'm sorry to break it to you, but this has been the truth about military warfare for literally all of human history. And the institution of traditional masculinity has been core to that idea. But we're a society that doesn't believe in traditional masculinity. Traditional masculinity is an opponent because traditional masculinity requires roles. It says that men are supposed to protect, men are supposed to defend, men are supposed to be strong, men are supposed to be fathers and husbands. These are apparently very bad things now. You're not supposed to say these things. Well, but you're saying them. This guy needs to take a look at the history of uh, war and um, who fought in wars. It was certainly not all men. A lot of a lot of women fought in a lot of wars. It's just that, uh, you know, we've sort of whitewashed history. He's talking about like, like war movies, basically movies about World War Two, or he's talking about Mash or something. I don't know what he's talking about. So we got uh, up next. We got Mike Pillow. He has uh, hired the Dersh, hired Alan Dershowitz, until runs out of money, and then Alan Dershowitz ain't gonna fucking he can have nothing to do with them. Good on Alan Dershowitz, Dershowitz though for going around and taking all these assholes' money. I guess issue the subpoena for the telephone so that they could get and search the telephone completely. And what we're seeking is what uh, President Trump got in the Mar-a-Lago case, the appointment of uh, uh, a special uh, investigator to look into this or return of the cell phone, because the, the search was a general search, the kind of general search that the framers of our Constitution um, wanted to specifically outlaw in the Fourth Amendment. So what the fuck? I don't even know. Uh like it wasn't a general search. They wanted they 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 wanted his phone. 
They wanted specifically his phone. That's not a general search. A general search is like we're just going to search you because we uh, we we you know we think you got we think you got we we think you got some bad stuff. So we're just going to search you. That's that's what the the Fourth Amendment was supposed to stop. It's not getting a warrant for and then acquiring and then looking at the contents of someone's cell phone is the exact opposite of what the Dersh was describing there. So up next, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about this next one. For some reason, Piers Morgan, not, not really known for being the best guy in the world, but generally not this stupid has decided he's going to have Jordan Peterson on to talk about the war in Ukraine. Should the Ukrainians give the Russians anything? When I was over there recently interviewing President Zelensky, what I was struck by was everybody I met in Kyiv, the capital city, were utterly resolute. Don't give them an inch of our land. Yeah, well, I don't, I can't speak to that because I don't know what the preconditions for peace might be. But I do know that naive notions that the Russians are going to lose somehow, or that we're going to win. I, I don't, I just don't understand. I don't understand that. Well, what do you mean we're going to win? What are we going to win here exactly? Well, I guess a victory would be that the Russians retreated from Ukraine. With, with Ukrainian ruins. Right. Well, that, okay, fine. That's a hell of a victory. Like, I think Putin could manage that because I think he could tell his people. And I think they might buy it. It's like we accomplished our objective. We devastated Ukraine and we kept it out of the hands of the West. And that's not great. It's not what we had hoped for, but it's better than the alternative. Is he just like on Piers Morgan, like writing like fucking Vladimir Putin fanfic or something? Like, what the fuck is this? And I think they would buy that. And I think when, when Putin went into Ukraine, I thought, well, I thought a bunch of things, which I, I made a YouTube video about that. that people criticized like mad. I thought, OK, well, what's happening here? Oh, I see. His his end game for failure is that ru- that Ukraine is left in a smoking ruin. Mm. Oh, that's a victory. So then he can lose with impunity. Wait, what? So how can we win? What? Like, what the fuck? All right, dude. I think even Piers Morgan, because Piers Morgan's a giant piece of shit, right? But Piers Morgan is going, what the fuck did I do? Who, who booked this moron? Like, we can't win against Vladimir Putin anyways, because... You cannot win against someone you cannot say no to. What? Period. And we can't say no to Putin because we sold our soul for his oil and gas. And we did that to elevate our moral stature in relationship to saving the planet. And so here we are. Yeah. Facing a very dire winter. Hoisted on the petard of our own foolishness and moral presumption. We're saving the planet. We'll see. I don't think so. What the fuck? That was like, that was like more. I didn't. That's more unhinged than I thought it was going to be. Like, what the fuck was he talking about? He doesn't know anything about the conflict in Ukraine. He like said, "Oh, I don't know." I'm, I'm, this is you know. He just co- copped to not knowing, which is fine actually. More people should do more copping to not knowing things for sure. But then he just started going off on some weird shit about how now we're oh we're, we're fucking dependent on them for oil because of some moral shit. Like what are you talking about? Like what the fuck? Like he just like went completely off on like some of his his general like anti climate change talking points there basically. 
that, oh, everybody wants to feel like they're morally superior because they're like saving the environment by burning oil that they got from Russia. Who the fuck feels like they're saving the environment by burning oil they got from Russia? Like, who is that person? I need to meet the dumb people that Jordan Peterson's always talking about because I'd like I'd like a word with them too. I'd be like, why do you keep feeding this guy's? Uh, why do you keep giving this guy ammunition by being so dumb? But it might it seems more like he's just making all this up. None of this is true. And now now we're into the Schadenfreude part of the uh, part of the docket. Uh, here's Alex Jones uh, heading into the courtroom. I believe this was a. Uh, just a couple days ago, I believe this was Friday, and here he is claiming that he's broke. I don't think he's broke. I think he's lying. But when has Alex Jones lied in the past? And, and now they're having their show trial, and they've made up all this imaginary money I have uh, when I'm in bankruptcy and I'm almost personally out of money. Uh, and so it doesn't matter if they do a $500 billion verdict, a $10 million verdict, a $50 million verdict. You can't get blood out of the stone. Oh, he got money. He tried to hide his money, but he got money. He ain't broke. And the more he tries to hide his money, next thing next thing he's going to be dealing with is bankruptcy fraud. Because he's like on his show fairly regularly, almost admitting that he's committing fraud via bankruptcy. He's, try, he's hiding his money via, he's trying to hide his money via some bankruptcy proceeding. And he might've been able to pull it off if he didn't go on his show and describe to his audience in detail what he's doing. <laughs> so here is from the trial. I believe this is from Friday. Also, yeah, this is from Friday or maybe Thursday. This is the end of the day on Thursday from uh, his, well, not his trial. Cause he was already found guilty or whatever. He was already found to be liable. Uh, for 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 like some damages this is like the damages portion and he's just gonna he's just just he loses it he just gets goes like he just hurts his own case even more than he already has right here check this out that's the real robbie parker isn't it i mean i said years ago i thought something would happen robbie parker's sitting right here he's real isn't he yes and for years you put a target on his back didn't you objection in the form of that judge well, I mean, I, Didn't you? I, I, I've said his name. It's true. I haven't said other people's names. Who they are? You put a target on his back, just like you did every single parent and loved one sitting here. Did you? No, I didn't. No, you didn't. That's argumentative. There's no. It's speculative. There is no foundation for it, and it's inappropriate. To Let's move on. These are real people. You know, Mr. Jones. I think you just told them to move on. Just like all the Iraqis, but you liberals kill and love. <laughs> You're unbelievable. You switch on emotions on and off when you want. You're, it's just ambulance chasing. Why don't you show a little respect? Objection, Judge. I think that if you get what you give in this court. Objection. You have families in this courtroom here that lost children, sisters, wives, moms. Is this a struggle session? Are we in China? <laughs> what the fuck? I've already said I'm sorry hundreds of times, and, I, and I'm done saying I'm sorry. I didn't regenerate this. I wasn't the first person to say it. American gun owners might be blamed for this, 
as the left did. So we rejected it mentally and said it must not be true. And but I legitimately thought it might have been staged, and I stand by that. And I don't apologize for and, it. And, and don't apologize, Mr. Jones. Please don't apologize. No, I've already apologized to the parents over because and over again. We know you're I don't apologize to you. Objection. Don't apologize objection. to you. You're going to do it again. Objection, Judge. Objection. No, objection. Argument. Don't apologize to you. It's hard for me to get a word in edgewise. It is, but because I think your there's client, one officer of the court and one witness or witness and so an officer of the court heard the objection. And I can't rule on your attorney's excuse me. I'm sorry, it's only a I can't rule on your attorney's objection. He's talking and he may have to So <laughs> it it was hard to hear what the judge was saying a little bit. But what she was saying is she's like, hey, when your attorney says that there's an objection, I can't rule on it if you're still yelling. It's like, you have to let me rule on the objection. Otherwise, if you're yelling, it's hard for me to like get a word in edgewise. But also, she's had it. We played a clip last week of her just saying that this was just, this has all been like, the that his defense basically has been the most unprofessional thing she's ever witnessed in her life. She's had it. So if he's going to fucking make it so that because if she was going to sustain some of those objections, if Alex Jones is going to make it so she doesn't feels like she can't get a word in edgewise, she's like, well, fuck it. Why am I going to sustain these objections? These people have wasted my time. These people have broken the rules of the of this court. These people have disrespected me. And that's that's a little dictatorship there in that courtroom. You ever go in a courtroom, you better know that that's a dictatorship and that judge unless they like do something egregious and break the law or something and kind of do whatever they want. And so, uh, yeah, Alex and his defense have just, they've pissed off the judge and that's just such a bad idea. Like no matter what's going on, even if you think it's like a kangaroo court or whatever, don't piss off the judge. It's just such a bad strategy. Although it did work for one, Mr. Austin Bennett. Uh, we no longer cover him. If you want to look up his uh, saga, you're free to do so on your own. And, uh, Maybe they're trying the uh, maybe they're trying the Austin Bennett defense here. Who fucking knows? So we're just about at the end of the docket here. We're gonna go into red light a little bit early tonight, I think. Yeah, because the stories I skipped, they're not really that great. But I got one more. This is us, a guy named Stephen Hotzi, Stephen Hotz, and he's gonna make his uh, docket debut. Um, he's like some kind of like, I don't know, some kind of doctor, but he's like some kind of right wing anti vax kind of person. And uh, he is going to talk about COVID-19 vaccines and, uh, of course, the uh, nanobots or whatever are being activated by the 5G. Because, of course, it's a perfect way to get us ready to go in to red light. So this is how it works. They're injected with, you're injected with graphene oxide once injected with the so-called... Why is she jogging? In, uh, ex uh, vaccine, you become connected to the Internet of Things. <laughs> oh no! Look, at, that's what the Internet of Things looks like, everybody. That's what the Internet of Things looks like. It's just uh, a guy. He's connected to a computer that are connected to a cloud. You see, that's the cloud. It's connected to a five G. It's also connected to another larger computer, not like a data center, just a slightly larger computer the monitor with slightly different color blue on it. And you can be mind controlled by intelli by uh, artificial intelligence through maybe 5G. Why are they putting 5G everywhere? It's like the Tower of Babel. And how did God deal with the Tower of Babel? 
How much longer do you think he's going to tolerate this satanic plan? This is transhumanism. The Internet of Things. How would you like to be connected so your thinking would no longer be your thinking, but it would be non-biological? The real question is, who will control the computers that give you the messages? It won't be your pastor. <laughs> the Internet of Things is bad because your pastor isn't controlling it. Well, no, that's not the pastor's job. Pastor's job is not Internet of Things. That was amazing. So in case you didn't notice, we didn't do our usual format tonight. Um, people on the pod, if you listen to all hour and 50 minutes of this, that's great. Um, yeah, I just didn't have the time or the energy to try to break it up into segments, but I did break off some things for Red Light. So if you're still, if you're listening live, just hang tight. We're not going anywhere. Um, I do need a break though. And uh, we always play a song here. So uh, it's been the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific. And beyond into red light right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Head on over to eplex.store. Check out some of our swag. Uh, we're working on a new, a uh, couple new shirt designs this week. We got a couple, we got a shirt up for uh, Halloween. It's a all over print with our logo on it. Black, black logo on an orange shirt. It looks great. Um, you can also support us at Patreon, patreon.com slash Echoplex. And if you don't have any money to spend or you're like, I'm no fool. I'm not giving you any money. That's fine too. Um, you can also just tell a friend about this show and get them to uh, listen to it. Text it to them. Just text them a link to the podcast. Find out what podcast app they use and text them a link. Uh, we usually play uh, Boomers, but I'm going to go ahead and rock uh, Then Gwen by uh, NVS and uh, change the color of the lighting in here a little bit. Change the contents of my beverage dramatically. And uh, we'll be right back with Red Light. Natural, as manic, gay, or lesbian. Search for 
Genitals do not define you. That's how it is what I am and what you are. 